Welcome to another episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, Men with Fear. I am Kingpin Chaos, and joining me once again, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Yes, yes, all good. Felt tonight of podcasting in a row with each other. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to say something about that. I feel like I'm playing the sequel to that horror <laughs> game called Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm playing I'm playing Three Nights with Andy. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a really bad porn movie. <laughs> I don't even want to go there, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you had to take it into the gutter. I had to go there. You had to go there. The fan fiction yeah. is Three Nights with Allie and Andy. <laughs> yeah. Three Nights in the Stalling City Bathhouse. <laughs> so, so yes, Andy uh, was kind enough to join me last night on the B-Team podcast, and uh, we had a good time. Andy, you, Fred, and I sort of ended up defending No Man's Sky from mm. Eli. And Ryan as well, yeah. I was, I was very surprised with that. <laughs> well, I kind of knew Ryan didn't like it. He he was already on the fence when uh, we we um, were talking about it last week, mm. and so I knew that. But Eli, you know, the greatest game of all time. I'm going to be playing this <laughs> for the rest of my life. To uh, yeah, I'm done with it. <laughs> so uh, for, you know, but if I played. 50 to 60 hours in a single week of the game. I think I'd be done with it too. I think the man burned himself out. Yeah, I don't think there's many games that I've played that much of within one week that I haven't like been done with by the end of that. I can only remember a couple and usually I've like I've done everything in the game, but obviously this game is a bit different from that. You know, I've done like an you know, maybe an 8 or 10 hour marathon once or twice. Mm. And then and in those instances, most of the time, I don't go back to the game ever. <laughs> it's, I, you know, I'm I, after that. It's like, nah, I'm done with this. I did that, you know, um, XCOM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that with. I like played it like crazy, like, what for an entire weekend, 
probably put in 16, 20 hours on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't think I ever touched the game again. <laughs> That's a good game, that. Mm. XCOM. Anybody unknown, I take it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I kind of did the same thing with Viva Pinata. <laughs> okay. So, um, But, all right, this is not a video gaming podcast. You want to no. hear all about No Man's Sky, uh, Monsters and Monocles, um, a couple other games that we discussed last night. Go listen to the B-Team podcast, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So, this is this is the Marvel the Marvel podcast, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, where we talk about all the awesome stuff going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and feature a show this week. We are still doing our Daredevil series. Now we just recorded a show Monday night. There really can't be that much news, can there, Andy? You say that, <laughs> and there isn't much, but. There is some quite interesting things that have come out in the last couple of days. Um, specifically, one that actually is a pretty big news story from where where we're concerned. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of smaller ones to get through. First of all, um, first of all, Natalie Portman was given an interview, and she has confirmed that she is absolutely not in Thor Ragnarok, and that as far as she knows, she is done with the MCU completely. So Jane Foster is gone. <laughs> like. I don't know how they explain that. I think the the issue here is that when they cast her originally as Jane Foster, she was not as big a star. And now she is a massive like A-list actress who, if she's going to be in a movie, she is the lead actress. And she's the lead. So she cannot be like Thor's love interest in a movie. She doesn't want to do that anymore. So, See, yeah. I disagree. I mean... I mean, I think I think she was I think she was bigger before, and if anything, she's uh, dropped a bit. No, she's in loads of movies, not movies that we would watch, right enough. But like, <laughs> like maybe that's the reason. But yeah, yeah she's I mean, in all those like Oscar-nominated movies and stuff now, like the the big centerpiece movies where it's the the big kind of feminist movies and stuff like that. You know, but um. Yeah, not not the type of movies that we would watch. Like what's it she's in? She's in like a biopic about Jackie O and like stuff like that and she's doing directing and all, all this now. She's a massive, massive star. Because she won an Oscar and stuff like after she was cast in, in Thor, so hmm. So she's not the love interest anymore. Which is a shame because she was actually like quite good in the role and like you could have seen her like end up playing like the female Thor role. But so, she did say she did say that she uh, is open to coming back to the character if they ask her back for like Avengers Seven or whatever. <laughs> but she has no idea. But yes, as as far as she knows, she's done. So her contract, her obligation is up. So I don't know what they're going to do with Jane Foster. Either write her out or kill her off, or maybe even recast her. Well, how about this? You know, maybe she could be playing it close to the vest. And being super secret and you know, kind of sly about it. Mm. What if Phase Four, she's the new Thor? I mean, yes, but I really don't see them doing that. Like, uh, they could just recast. They could recast Jane Foster as Keira Knightley. There you go. <laughs> They've played the same character before in Star Wars Episode One, so it could work. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with that either. I'm just thinking, um, you, you know, maybe, you know, she's got to keep it on the down low. Yeah, I just can't see her coming back to it. Like the way her like sort of movie career curve is on, this, I don't can't see her ever come back to it. Unless like she bombs or like I don't know, does a Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and she's like, can I come back, please? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time with that. I mean, I think she could be back anytime. I don't think she's as big as at least she thinks she is, I guess. But yeah. um I think that's the thing. Like she obviously thinks she's a uh, the kind of impression that I get is that she thinks she's above like doing a superhero movie now. Um, Certainly as a, a, a side character anyway. Mm. So a couple of other bits of news. Um, first of all, uh, Microchip is currently being cast in uh, for the Punisher series. Okay. So I think he's like he's basically Punisher's kind of tech guy. Yeah, he's like his his uh, not not as Jarvis, his Alfred. Yeah. Or uh, the the other guy uh, that Batman uses. Hmm. So um, Lucius, 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 Fox. Lu- yeah. Lucius Fox, yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, this, this the the show is coming together. I hear John Barenthal is going to be at New York Comic Con. That was announced. So hopefully, there's some type of panel. Oh, I hope so. Um, the rumor is that they're pitching Punisher for 2017, so. I can't wait to see it. Like, John Benthal is so good as a Punisher. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to see more. Yeah, th- this week's episode was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and we'll get into that it, in a little bit, but that was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, we do also have uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. piece of casting news, Chip. Let's come oh. out. So we have uh, casting news for Ida. Okay, that is the, the LMD voice thingy. Yes, the the robot, basically. Yes. <laughs> um, it's going to be played by Mallory Jansen. And do we know her from anywhere? Uh, she is an Australian actress, and she was in Gallivant and Baby Daddy and Young and Hungry. Which are things that I've never seen and never heard of. <laughs> I guess Galvant was kind of like uh, a uh, G-rated Game of Thrones with where they sang. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when when I looked up this article, like it's all people in the comments like talking about this Galvant show. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. It looks really odd. <laughs> Somehow it survived two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she's being cast and she's going to be Ida. Does this um, mean we get a musical episode of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, we're getting a musical episode of Flash and Supergirl yes. crossover, so but why not a musical? I mean, it's a Whedon show. It needs to have a musical episode, surely. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and uh, the, the final news story to talk about, uh, just before we talk about this uh, brief article that I want to talk about, is that we had a piece of quite a, a substantial bit of news today, actually, that 
we were talking we were talking a couple of days ago about how Marvel was rethinking their television stuff mm-hmm. and it was more specifically how ABC was rethinking it. But um, we then we've spoken quite a bit about what projects Marvel might do, and one of the ones that we have mentioned has now been confirmed. Uh, Marvel is working in conjunction with Hulu, not Netflix and not ABC. Hulu of all people to uh, bring the Runaways to a series. Now I don't remember discussing this before. It, it was it was like one of the ones that's been rumored for a while because it's been rumored as a movie, and we kind of talked about it potentially becoming like a TV series because it. it I mean, Angel Shield kind of felt like it was going that way a little bit, but mm-hmm. then it, Secret Warriors wrote instead. Um, so this is like a, a different take. But I don't know. Have you ever read the Runaways? I think I did read some of the issues. So, I mean, basically, in a nutshell, the Runaways are a group of, like, six kids that, uh, well, six teenagers that run away from their parents to become heroes, basically because all their parents are uh, super villains. They yep. are from a group, what are they called again? Uh, the group is called the, I can't remember, it is in this article here. Yeah, it's in the link I sent you. Yeah, uh, the Pride, the Pride, that's it. And Evil Crime Syndicate knows the pride. And so they all run away and they become like a sort of. And it's not quite like a superhero team, but like they're uh, like a vigilante team sort of thing. But yeah, it could be an interesting dynamic and a, a different show. And it is worth noting that the, the mother of one of the members of the Runaways does appear in the Doctor Strange prequel comic. And remember these comics. Are technically canon <laughs> to the MCU, so there's a little bit of tie-in in there. Yeah, it's all connected, Andy. It's all connected <laughs> loosely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, we're gonna see that. Um, the, I don't know who the character was. It was actually in it, but that's what the article tells me. Oh, there it is, Tina Minoru who is the mother of Nico Minoru, who's one of the main characters in The Runaways. And she is listed in that preview, that uh, prequel comic as a master of the mystic arts. You know, it hasn't happened yet, so until uh, it premieres, I'm not mm-hmm. holding my uh, breath. Yeah, once we actually see something, then I'll, I'll be I'll be excited. But I mean, they've they've announced it officially, so I, I mean, it's the same thing as like when they announced the Netflix shows, and we were very slightly skeptical about some of the things, and they they've all come to pass so far, and all been successful and done well. Uh, Marvel's Most Wanted says hi. No, no, I, I mean the Netflix. Mm. I, I said I did say specifically the Netflix okay. shows. Most Wanted is. But, uh, I mean, them doing it with Hulu, I mean, the on-demand stuff makes sense. Like, it's been a success for them on Netflix, and Hulu's obviously gone. I think Hulu's probably gone to Marvel and said, eh, have you got any other TV shows that you would like us to finance and put exclusively on our network? And Marvel have gone, yeah, okay, have this. And they're like, yeah, give us that. We'll, we'll do that. I mean, I don't know quite how this is going to work in, in our country, because... As far as I don't, as far as I know, we don't have Hulu. Like I've, I've only heard of Hulu because of the B team, like because <laughs> Eli talked, Eli's talked about it a few times, and I, I've, I've never heard of it before that, and never seen it like any adverts for it over here or anything. So, but it comes as part of the news that Hulu is moving to like a subscription only service by the looks of it. 
Oh. They're doing away. With, they had a free, some sort of free thing going on, but it's now gone away. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I never. I mean, I never really used their free service because it kind of sucked. Hmm. But yeah, it was. It basically was a way that you could watch episodes of various um, television shows, usually the night after. Uh, yeah, like with Aiden, commercials. Aiden was on it. Agents of Shield was on it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that's what I remember. Like Eli talking about it, and like I was watching Agents of Shield on Hulu. But yeah, I don't know how this is going to like work out over here. Hopefully, it just comes to Netflix over here. <laughs> like that—that that would be the ideal situation for me. If not, it will end up on Amazon or something. But <laughs> you can't see Amazon getting it in one territory and not another. So maybe Hulu is coming out over here. Who knows? But yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, Runaways is interested in a TV show. Hmm. Yeah, is this a TV show that you'd be interested in? Yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. Anyway, but yeah. absolutely. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I I absolutely uh, think this is something that would work well on television, and put taking it away from. I I'm I think. I think Marvel is better off not doing the network thing. Yep. Just take them off of ABC entirely. Put everything, uh, you know, either uh, some cable, you know, some premium cable channel or uh, premium premium subscription service like Netflix or Hulu. And let's put everything over there because... Uh, the more I watch Daredevil, and the you know we now have three seasons of Marvel Netflix shows on Netflix: two yep. Daredevil, one Jessica Jones. Um, we haven't seen Luke Cage yet, um, <coughs> and I mean it's some of the best. It's some of the best TV. Period. Not the best TV on Netflix. Not the best. Uh, premium channel or uh, cable stuff. It is just the, some of the best television uh, stuff that's ever been done. Yep. And by taking away uh, the restraints that free network television has and needs, I, th- I think these sh- they have created some... Uh, of some very gritty, realistic, you know, the, these shows feel like they're real. It's not, you know, yes, they're superhero shows, but they've really done a great job of grounding them in reality as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, these are probably the the best, like, realistic superhero shows. Like, I would say that Flash is probably the the best of the, like, superhero tv shows but it's so out there and like mm-hmm. ridiculous that it's never going to be like really grounded in reality but like these ones you could you could see that all these things happening 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i'm down with it um and i think you've been you've been the one that's been itching for a team show mm. and well technically 
Agents of Shield is a team show, Andy. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I love Agents of Shield. I want another one. <laughs> but um, I mean, we, like we've said, like we are still reckoning this is probably the last season of Agents of Shield. Yeah, we're not we're we're not going to say any more about that until we know more. Um, but at this point. This 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 is the superhero team show you were looking for, and this is the way to do it because uh, the going into the A and B list uh, Marvel characters just just really hogties you, hmm. and this way they, I mean they, they they can work with these characters while there is some backstory and lore to them. Uh, you don't have 50 years of lore. You don't have to worry about, uh, for the most part, them uh, contradicting something that happens in the movie or a movie having to deal with what uh, they do. Yep. So, yeah. But, you know, the only tug of war you get into is can you... All right. I'll, I'm going to throw out a problem because now not only do we have network television... Uh, movies, Netflix. We're now throwing Hulu into the mix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. he- here's my conundrum. Let's use let's use Phil Coulson. All right. Yep. Or l- let let's let's use a let's let's use a villain that could be in all four. Uh, you know. Oh, and let you know. And then the movies get even worse because now you have probably Fox and Sony into the mix. Let's use um let's use a villain that c- could uh cross over all of these. I don't know. Uh Electro. Mhm. All right. Okay. He could think about and this is where kind of DC has come up with why I, the it's not connected kind of works. Um Think about and and there are so many legal issues involved in it. I doubt if you premiered Electro in the Spider-Man movie, he might be able to appear in the Marvel uh, cinematic movie, say Avengers or I don't know Ant-Man three, something like that. Uh, maybe because Marvel oh, you has mean, an agreement. You mean Electro? Yeah, Electro. Electro, yes. Not Electra, yeah. <laughs> Electro. Yeah, okay. I thought you were saying Electro, and okay. I'm like, what's he talking about? Like, no, no. <laughs> Electro, yeah. the yeah. dude. Yeah. All right, Mr. Lightning Bolt. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so maybe he gets to cross over into a, an MCU movie, but then could Electro battle Daredevil and Electra on uh, Netflix? Hmm. And uh, what about bringing him to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or the Ms. Marvel Netflix Network show? Hmm. And could could he cross over to Hulu? Um, so I think it's I think it's great, but are you segregate are you setting up something where um, and we're kind of seeing it now, the likelihood of Daredevil being in Infinity War is probably slim and none, but um, are 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 we uh, getting to a point where 
by creating these shows and putting them on different networks and media that by having them connected you can't use them uh on on the other uh outlets do you know i think the biggest problem with it is that the fans want to see it so and the the networks and the uh the studios and whatnot seem to have a big problem with putting it all together and like obviously like scheduling and all that sort of stuff is an issue and money and rights and all of that comes into play but Mm -hmm. like the longer that they don't do it for the more fans are going to ask for it i mean like every single time there's a panel for any of these shows they're always asked about crossovers without fail like for any of the shows not necessarily movies because with the movies they really like they really like like uh vet those questions first before they let anyone ask questions but with the tv show panels every time there's at least two three questions about like potential crossovers with other characters with movies with the netflix shows with news stories that are coming out and like it's it's what we want to see and it's one of the coolest things like about comic books is that it like specifically with marvel comic books is they, they do these like big crossover events mm-hmm. and everything mashes together and you mm-hmm. get to see like a character and, from one side of it interact with the other and and we all want it. Mm-hmm. We all want it uh, because that you know, like you said, those are those are the best events. Though you know, you want to see you want to see Daredevil team up with the Avengers. You know, it was a big deal when it happened in the comic books, um, to an extent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, the huge Infinity War storyline with you know only 67 uh, superheroes in it. Um, <laughs> which, considering the real Infinity War, is, you know, uh, a, a lot less than the original one. Same thing with Civil War. Um, but the problem is, while it, you know, Marvel owns their universe. Marvel's comics owns the comics. They can put... You know, they can put Howard the Duck in Avengers, X-Men, Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Squirrel Girl all in the same month if they want to. Because they they own the characters, they own all the books and the publishing deals, and they can put Howard wherever they want. The problem is... Nowhere, nowhere for the most part. Hey, he he's an award in this in the next uh, PVE uh, puzzle quest event. Uh, um, so maybe we're getting another duck season soon. Um, but the but when it comes to live action, Marvel owns Marvel. You know, uh, Marvel Pictures. They own their Marvel TV thing, which is owned by Disney, which also owns ABC. Netflix, you know, and ABC has its various licensing deals. Uh, or ABC Disney has their various licensing deals, and they vary from country to country. You know, part of the reason, you know, a lot, a lot of things can't happen, like Agent Carter showing, going to Netflix, was that because they still have, uh, the show is still airing, in uh, some parts of the world as quote-unquote new. So that was part of the reason. Um, 
Netflix has their own uh, contracts and deals and exclusive exclusivity arrangements all over the world as well. And they are a separate entity. And now you're bringing in Hulu. So while we all want it, and could it be done? Maybe. But I think, uh, I think they've, uh, by spreading themselves out to more outlets that they, are, they do not have any stake in or own, that um, to an extent it's an impossibility. And maybe they should have gone the DC route. Keep the TV stuff and the televisions uh, and the movie stuff separate. Hmm. Then you could have, then, you know, uh, maybe it's not uh, Chris Helmsworth as Thor. But, you know, you can find uh, probably somebody from Game of Thrones to play uh, a, a th- Thor on the television series. And you know the Netflix stuff is is just weirder because okay because but maybe they should have gone and discon- maybe they need to disconnect the the universes. Okay, so the interesting thing about Hulu, right? I'm just, I was looking them up there to see, like, I, I was just double checking to see if it was available in the UK, and it's not. It mm. only, it's only in America and Japan okay. at the moment. And but for, for the most part, it sucks, but. Okay, but the interesting thing is that they are owned by Hulu LLC, which is a consortium that consists of the Walt Disney Company, who obviously owns Marvel as well, and 21st Century Fox, and Comcast, and Time Warner mm-hmm. through their Disney ABC television group, Fox Broadcasting, and NBC and Turner, yep. which all of those things are like intrinsically involved in the Marvel Universe. So it's kind of interesting to see that something's going to Hulu. So I mean, I, you know, I'd just love to see like a Marvel dedicated like channel pop up somewhere. Not not necessarily on like live TV sort of thing, but like on on Hulu. If you have the Marvel channel on Hulu that has all the Marvel things. Well, they've talked I, about I, doing some type of Marvel cable channel, and and, and a Star Wars one. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely enough content. Maybe, maybe, is there enough content for Star Wars? No. I suppose with the cartoons, with the cartoons and stuff, there would be. But I mean, Marvel does have enough enough content because they've there's so many movies and there's there's a plenty of TV shows now as as well as like the all the cartoons and stuff. There's loads and loads of Marvel cartoons, like so. But could they would they would they do not own the rights to those television shows at this point. They would not be allowed to air the Netflix shows on their channel. Netflix. Oh, on Hulu? No. no. Well, not on Hulu and not on cable. No. I mean, even like... you know, Netflix, mm. you know, there are people that are buying, you know, paying for subscriptions Mm. so they can watch these exclusive Marvel things. And uh, Netflix isn't going to give those up until uh, until the contract says they have to, so I yeah, think. I mean, but I, I I just think that this is awesome. Another Marvel television show, but at the same time, if you're expecting crossovers, if you're expecting cameos, we have four years under our belts now. It ain't happening. 
you know, uh, yeah, no. very rarely are we going to see any crossover. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing to, to note is that, like, uh, even with, uh, with regards to the things coming out in other places, if you look at Daredevil Season 1, it's still not even out on, like, DVD or Blu-ray. It's coming out in October yeah. this year. <laughs> and it's like, what, like, are we nearly two years since that show came out, basically? Year and a half. Yeah, so that's a long time. So I mean, yeah. So it'll be a year and a half, and you know that's that's cool. But and I'm sure Netflix gets a big chunk of the money out of that. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure Disney gets a chunk, but Netflix, you know, they're the ones who basically uh, paid for the series. So they're going, you know, they're going to get a decent chunk of that change, and they'll they probably figure that okay, season one has been uh, bled dry, and if you're too stupid not to already have a Netflix subscription, we'll take forty dollars from you just so you can have this series on DVD. Yeah, plus they'll also be like selling it to the people that like to have the yeah. collection. Yeah. Like the the Marvel collectors like like us like to have it on the shelf. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I I would do. I I'm trying to not do that. Anymore. <laughs> see, I try and do it, and then like I I see it, like and I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll just get it. And you know, like the Angel Shield ones, I still need to. I really want to watch the director's commentaries and like the cast commentaries and stuff like that on those. I'll, I'll do it one day just to see what they say about about the shows. <laughs> Because, like, I've heard their commentaries, uh, like, the mm. years. So, all right. Okay, so I've got um, I've got an article that I want to run through quickly, and then we'll get into talking about okay. the episode. So this article is nine forgotten Marvel Cinematic Universe characters that we really want to check in and see what's going on with them. Now, this is uh, from Cinema Blend. And they, they put this article up, like, a couple of months ago, and we... Uh, we just haven't had, like, there's been too much news and other things to talk about. But we've got, like, we've got a few spare minutes here. So I wanted to talk about this. So the first one on this list is Betty Ross, okay? And the reason why she is kind of now coming back into the, everyone's like, oh, what's going on with her is because uh, Thunderbolt Ross is now back in the fray when we hadn't seen him since... An advert. We hadn't seen him since uh, the Incredible Hulk movie, mm-hmm. and he just all of a sudden popped back up in Civil War. And obviously, Betty Ross is his daughter, very much linked into his character. So, I would like to see her come back. And she was played by Liv Tyler in that movie, and she's obviously like, uh, she is Bruce Banner's like kind of main main squeeze basically in the in the his comics. Girlfriend. And yeah, and rather than seeing him like being having a weird shoot in romance with the with Black Widow. Bring back <laughs> bring back Betty Ross. And to be fair, Liv Tyler not doing much nowadays. <laughs> she's in like uh, she is in a movie called Wildling that's coming out and she's been in a, a TV show called Leftovers for a couple of years and she's only been in like five things since the Incredible Hulk came out, so she's not been doing a lot. So I'm pretty sure they could tap her back in. Okay, so the, the the next one is Happy Hogan. Do you remember Happy Hogan? Yep, from Iron Man. 
Yeah, so last we saw him, he was emerging from a coma at the end of Iron Man 3. And we'd, we'd kind of like to see what happened to him, if he's still... And because, I mean, we've not seen Pepper Potts really since then either. Um, but Happy Hogan, was, he was really funny in the, in the movies. Mm-hmm. He was always the kind of the, the comic foil. But yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see what was happening with him and what he did after he came out of his coma. Okay, the next one is uh, Darcy Lewis. Now, do you remember Darcy Lewis? Mm, who is she? She was. Uh, she was like Jane Foster's sidekick oh, okay. in the Thor in the Thor movies, uh, played by Kat Dennings. Right. And she was a kind of like geeky, like sidekick type character yeah. that was uh, basically a kind of intern scientist. And then in the, in the Dark World, she got her own intern that ended up being a boyfriend. But, I mean, they could replace, like, Jane Foster's kind of scientist person with her as a scientist. Not as a love interest to Thor, obviously, but they they still, they could have that kind of grounded science stuff going on in there with her. But I don't think that she's going to be in Ragnarok. I could be wrong, but I don't see her coming into it. I don't see Ragnarok taking place anywhere near Earth. Well, they have... They, they have been shooting some scenes in Australia on the streets of Australia, so there is mm. some Earth-type scenes. They, they, must be, they must be on Earth at some point. Because, I mean, the other yeah. eight realms are nothing like Earth. <laughs> They're all, all way different from Earth, so there must be some Earth scenes in there. They could be just be, like, bits of stuff from other times, but we don't, we don't know yet. We'll just have to wait and see. But she could show up in, like, any of the other movies. Yeah. Uh, next, next one is Samuel Stearns. Now, do you do you remember Samuel Stearns when we last saw him? Mm. In fact, you've not even seen this movie, so you wouldn't. <laughs> but Samuel Stearns is the iconic Hulk villain, the leader. Okay. He's also the green dude with the the big head, mm-hmm. the massive brain, ridiculously clever and whatnot. He's actually quite a cool villain, to be honest, for Hulk to face off against. Because it's, I mean, usually you have Hulk facing off against a big brute. And the leader is absolutely not that. Like, he's a fucking smart guy. But um, Samuel Stearns was in The Hulk, and it showed you basically his origin of how his head started to swell and whatnot, and then we haven't seen him again since then. And that's eight years ago at this point. But I'd like to see him come back in at some point. Probably, I mean, not necessarily in a Hulk film. If if there is ever a Hulk film, (laughs) we don't know. But yeah, so he's uh, still, he's about somewhere. Presumably plotting evil things. Uh, the next one, which I think we're going to, we're definitely going to get resolution to in Thor Ragnarok, is Odin. Odin's dead. He's not necessarily dead. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that because last time, uh, obviously, last time we saw the character, it was actually Loki portraying mm. him. So Loki has put him somewhere or killed him or something. I don't think he's killed him off screen because that would be a bit of a shit death for Odin because he's a cool I character. I thought he died on screen. No, he didn't die. Nope. Did not die. They just showed us that Loki had Loki was pretending to be Odin and never showed us what happened to him. I, I think that he's probably banished Odin to, was it, Hel- Hela? Hell. Hell is, yeah, the, yeah. Hell is the ruler. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Loki's banished him to hell. Um, is hell the one where, like, they can't speak? There's no sound. 
Mm, no, I don't think so. Because that's the one that I always remember Loki like getting sent to. There was you get sent to one of the realms and you just couldn't speak, so you couldn't cause any mischief there. <laughs> I don't recall hell being that way. Okay, but um, but yeah, so I th- I think we'll get resolution for that in uh, Ragnarok. I don't see Odin making out of Ragnarok alive, however. Right, next up, uh, Justin Hammer, who was the probably the best thing about Iron Man Two, apart from Black Widow. Justin Hammer was it was really good as like a kind of foil to Tony Stark. He basically was the same if Tony Stark had continued on his weapons path. He would have ended up like Justin Hammer, but Tony obviously went through, went through, and became a good guy. And Justin Hammer became a bad guy. Um, obviously, he ended up in jail. And the last we saw him was in the uh, Marvel one-shot, All Hail the King. Okay. So he's yeah. still in jail at this point. And I think, um, is it Iron Iron Heights, I want to say? I can't, I can't remember the name of the prison, but he's in, he's in the prison, the same prison that the Mandarin got sent to. But I'd like to see him get out and come back and maybe be a, a slightly reformed person at some point. He would actually be quite a good villain for like Ant-Man. To go up against, or at least like be in the background, yeah. and Ant Man's facing off against like quite a wind or something like that. That could work. Uh, next one is Emil Blonsky, aka the Abomination. Yep. Yeah. Who was obviously imprisoned at the end of the Incredible Hulk after their battle, and he has been mentioned since then because Shield had him in a containment facility mm. up in I think it was Alaska, but we don't know what happened to him after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the, the rise of HYDRA and whatnot, so we don't know where he ended up, if he got out or if he's still in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. But he could be, he like, if uh, if they end up doing, like, Thunderbolts, if they go down the Thunderbolts storyline, he could be a good one to bring back to be in the Thunderbolts. Yep, definitely. Uh, next one is Trevor Slattery, who was in the, all, the last scene in the All Hail the King one-shot after he was, again, put in prison at the end of Iron Man 3, and basically that whole thing was about him being revealed, uh, we know he was an actor pretending to be the Mandarin, and in that in that one shot they revealed that there was a real Mandarin who was upset that Trevor had taken on the role, and basically he broke Trevor out of uh, prison and took him away. Which kind of set up Iron Man 4, but then they just never did it. <laughs> Uh, next one is La- yeah. Uh, next one is Lady Sif, who we will see back in in Ragnarok. So we'll see what she's been up to and and whatnot. I'd like to see her like get a bit of a love story with Thor, though. Who's that? Sif. I suppose. I I mean they have been re- romantically uh, connected before. Mm-hmm. I mean, and obviously I, 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 I love Jane yep. Foster, I, but you know, <laughs> like we've already we've already been down that road, so yeah. So I, I like Seth, like, uh, and obviously we've seen her a couple of times show up in Agents of Shield, and I'd, I'd love to see her back in Shield as well. Maybe she, she could be the tie-in to the Thor movie. She's got her Again. own series, <laughs> though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we'll see what happens with her. Um, like I said, we'll see her in Ragnarok and. Depends how her story arc goes in that as to where she goes from there. 
but yeah, that was uh, that was that list, and I just wanted to to mention that because there's something that happens in this episode that calls back to like a couple of things from that list. So, mm. bear those in mind. Okay, so we'll get into the episode then. Yes. So this is season two, episode nine of Marvel's Daredevil, uh, which was called Seven Minutes in Heaven." <laughs> All right, now I get the now now that you say the title again, it's like okay, now I understand what they're coming from. All right, now you get it, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, now seven I get minutes it. in heaven is is like a teenage game where you get locked in a, a closet with somebody for seven minutes in it. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just like how the hell does this relate into Daredevil? And it doesn't make any sense until you get to kind of like the tail end of this episode, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Most people locked in the closet with me would refer to that as seven minutes of hell. <laughs> yeah. Same with me. I would be trying to get out of the closet. I'd be like, I don't like being in this tiny confined space. <laughs> anyway, um, so first of all, we see, obviously from last week, we saw uh, Punisher meeting with Kingpin right at the end of the episode, which was like the holy shit reveal of that. The chip got spoiled for him by one of his co-workers. <laughs> So we see a bit of a, a flashback to Kingpin being jailed after his court case. And we see him kind of symbolically taking off the cufflinks along with everything else. And we I see him sit, sit down in his cell and stare at the wall. Yes, and uh, he's wearing white yeah. as well, which I thought was, was, mm. was a nice little nod. Obviously, we saw him at the end of season one. He was wearing all white, and when he looks at the wall, it's like... The painting or the wall that he looks at after, like the, the was it was he when, he when his father would dad? beat his mom, he he'd send yeah. him to the corner to stare at the wall. Yeah, and then he and then when he killed his dad, he went and mm. stared at the wall as well. So it's all like the wall, and it all it reminds him of that. And remember, <laughs> he bought that ridiculously bad painting that looked like it, it was rabbits in the snow or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we find out through his lawyer that uh, Vanessa's being taken care of for now, but his money won't last forever. So his lawyer tells him to keep his head down and stay out of trouble because he's working on like an appeal to get him out. Don't know how the fuck he would appeal him to get out because, like, he even says, like, it's an ironclad case that he had against you. We couldn't do any more. <laughs> uh, we see Mister Mister Dutton, a drug runner, visiting Fisk. And he tells Fisk that he is he's the kingpin of this bitch. The present. <laughs> uh, Fisk's having lunch one day and an African-American convict comes to sit with him. Yeah, he tells him that he's a mortgage analyzer who crossed the wrong guy. And uh, he and Fisk aren't like these other savages in here because they are smart, educated men who just ended up in here. They <laughs> still commit crimes. <laughs> Uh, we find out that the Fisk appeal wasn't going well. The lawyer's having no joy, obviously, <laughs> because Kingpin's guilty. <laughs> so Fisk, Fisk instead gets his lawyer to pull some strings on the outside, basically to gain him allies on the inside. And this basically gains him the... Do you know, I didn't catch the guy's name, like the, the African-American chap that was talking to him. I didn't catch his name. Uh, I don't remember what it was. No, I don't even know if they, they maybe didn't even say his name, but I, I certainly didn't catch it anyway. Or or his two, uh, like followers. So he pals up with with this guy and his two his two followers, who are basically like thugs. 
that are in are in there for ghastly crimes as he as he's all described as, which we don't find out any more about. And over the next few months, uh, Fisk and his guys take exhaustive notes on Dutton's business and what's going on with him. Uh, we also see that Fisk reads the paper and he's been following the Punisher case and he then asks his lawyer to pull one more string for him because uh, this will be the last of his cash. He'll have no more money apart from the money that he's put aside for Vanessa and he's not touching that. He'll make his own way from then on. And this is how we've obviously got to the point where uh, Punisher meets the Kingpin because he's pulled the strings on the outside to get Punisher to come in and meet him. Now, meanwhile, all that's going on, if you remember last week, Matt was in the fight with the uh, the Hand Ninja and mm-hmm. Electra killed him. And obviously Matt got shot during that. Um, so Matt kind of wakes up hazily to Electra pouring stuff in his arrow wounds. So we can assume that those are like the poison-tipped arrows, similar to what Electra got stabbed with. So she's basically done the same thing as what Stick did for her and fixes Matt, gets the poison out of him. Uh, we also see, like, in his kind of haziness, a bunch of uh, guys cleaning up his apartment. <laughs> We've it back to normal, and when he when he eventually wakes up, everything's fine. The uh, the boy has been taken care of. He's gone. Uh, Matt wants to tell the police about it, but Electra's like, well, what are you going to tell them? We, we fought a mystical ninja organization and killed one of them and found a giant hole, and he's not here anymore. <laughs> We also get the interesting conversation between Matt and Electra about how Electra enjoys killing and that he noticed her adrenaline spiked when she killed the kid. I would assume that even if you killed someone in self-defense, your adrenaline's going to spike. So that's not really a, a, a tell, per se. No, but she... She definitely doesn't She looked it. like a rabid dog. She did, yeah. She's just like, do you still love me now, Manny? After I've killed this boy? I, I mean... <laughs> it, it, Creepy psycho bitch. Mm. You look up creepy psycho bitch in the dictionary, you're going to see that picture of Electra. Yep, yep. That is the absolute definition of creepy psycho bitch. <laughs> uh, we find out that she first killed when she was 12 years old just to see if she could. And uh, basically the... So like Johnny psych- Cass. He shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't tell you like like who she killed or like what she killed i think most like most killers tend to start off killing animals but it kind of sounds like she killed a person yeah like when she was 12 which is a weird one like i mean who who does she have to kill when she's 12 like another kid because you would assume that like she would be taken away at that point or i mean she's killed a parent again she'd be taken away or sequestered away but i mean if you remember like she's greek originally so maybe she killed someone in greece and then was shipped out to america don't know. But I think there's more to be told with, with that story, definitely. To Electra's kind of origin. Uh, but they do kind of decide that they basically have to stop corrupting each other because she's never going to be good and he's never going to be bad and they're always going to keep pushing, like pulling each other in the opposite direction. So basically they decide that they need to part ways and Matt will fight this war on his own. And Electra's like, you're going to die. He's like, well, so be it. Okay. <laughs> so back in the prison, uh, Kingpin has an officer, uh, an officer, an, an offer for the Punisher. Uh, he also mentions that he's not a huge fan of his attorneys, <laughs> obviously Nelson and Murdoch. 
Right. Uh, basically, basically, he can offer Frank closure, and he tells him about how this guy Dutton had a hand in the massacre in the park because he facilitated the deal between the three groups in the park that day that ended up having the, having the big firefight. And Fisk tells him that basically he can get the Punisher into C. Dutton. However, Frank says that he doesn't help shitbag has-been mob bosses <laughs> and he doesn't do arrangements. But uh, Fisk kind of manages to persuade him to come around to his uh, way of thinking because although, yes, he's helping Fisk, he's also getting really what he wants out of it and he mentions that uh, the the tide raises all ships, Mr. Castle. And he tells him that, well, the war that he raged on in New York City got him absolutely nowhere. And Kingpin is offering him something that no one else could offer him. So Punisher's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So Kingpin can get him safe passage into cell block A, which is where Dutton is. And he's going to have seven minutes at 3 p.m. today to get the job done, basically. And, the, and here's a shiv. Gives him a shiv, yep. Like, yeah, I don't have anything else, but there's a shiv. Like, okay, there's no guns in prison, but you can have a shiv. Cool. Uh, we then see Foggy visiting Matt, and basically it's it's never a good time for them to talk. Matt's like, yeah, just go away, Foggy. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> However, if Foggy mentions that he wants to close the office for a few weeks to decide how to proceed, and Matt agrees and... He also tells him that he's done apologizing to Volgi for who he is because, well, he's kind of... Matt's put his cards on the table. He's like, I am the vigilante. I am Matt Murdock. Sometimes these things will get in the way of each other. Just deal with it or piss off, basically. Uh, he tells him to uh, close the office for good if he if uh, Matt's getting in the way of Foggy's career, basically. So we then see at the office, Karen comes in to find Foggy basically packing up his shit. Uh, Karen's still on the on the Punisher case, though. Foggy's like, it's done. The case is over. Just leave it. <laughs> but she will not let it die at all. She's like, I've found this thread and I'm going to keep pulling on it. So what she's found is there's, there was a body that was removed and basically never booked. Uh, from the crime scene photos, like you see in one shot, there's a body there, and in the mm-hmm. next shot, it's gone, and there was no like record of this ever. So he could be the John Doe that was uh, found on that day. It was not tied to the the murders. Now, uh, Karen also tells Foggy about the woman in Matt's bed. <laughs> just from Foggy's reaction, he's like, oh, "I don't want to talk about this." <laughs> it was just kind of really funny the way he, he's like, oh, "I don't know, no, <laughs> don't talk to me about this. It's too awkward." And he apologizes to uh, Karen for not warning her about Matt. <laughs> Basically, like he's kind of fobbing off the yeah, Matt's a womanizer. Well, I more that because he knows who the woman was, mm. and what that she basically screwed with Matt's head years ago. And that she's just basically trouble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she does say that she just wants the truth about something. Um, so she's going to keep her on this Punisher thread, basically. Uh, Foggy says that he'll give her a call if something changes, but for now, start thinking about a life outside of this office. So this looks like the end of Nelson and Murdoch, unfortunately. 
Uh, meanwhile, Daredevil, we see him ambushing the accountant, Stan, whose ID tag that they stole previously, if you remember that at that party that him and Electra went to. However, this guy says that he'd rather die than talk about the hand. Uh, Daredevil says that he wants to know what they're planning. And the accountant guy's like, well, it's already been done. <laughs> and we find out that he's only working for them because the hand is holding his son, Daniel, uh, to ransom and the, the guard guys that are following him around are actually basically holding him hostage. Uh, he tells them, he tells the devil that they are holding his son at some kind of uh, drug operation called the farm. So Daredevil's like, okay, take me there. We'll deal with this now. And we then see Karen going to the bugle. And now, again, I cannot remember the editor guy's name. The bulletin, like, not the bugle. Uh, the, uh, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why did I call it the bugle? <laughs> Why is the bugle not in the MCU? Anyway, uh, the bulletin. Yes, <laughs> not the bugle. So they go to the. Uh, she goes to the 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 bulletin, and she outlines her like possible story about this cover up and the body going missing and stuff like that to the editor of the bulletin. Essentially, for him to write the story about it so that it gets found out about, and he basically tells her that she should be involved in this and investigate it because she's pretty good at like mm -hmm. this kind of investigative journalist sort of stuff. We then see Frank getting his seven minutes <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> so the and the he gets to cell block A and the guard that Fisk has paid off lets him in to go and see this guy Dutton who we see counting cash. And Frank kills his cellmate, or the guy that's in the cell with him, and tells Dutton that we gotta talk. And this guy Dutton agrees. He's like, okay. Because he didn't really have a choice, because Frank's got a chev on him. Uh, Karen and the editor, and amongst us, then visit the ME. And basically this guy is now a target because of what he knows, and he feels like people have been following him about for the last few days and whatnot. And he does agree to talk. If they uh, can corroborate the story that he tells them with actual evidence, so he mentions that this John Doe, uh, he didn't have an idea or anything on him, but in his left shoe he had a police call sign, so he was an undercover cop. Maybe uh, we, s well, we you presume so. It's it's a logical mm. step to take, and I mean they could they could go on to prove that from from that thread. You pull the DNA and then you compare it against police database of undercover cops at the time, that sort of thing. They they can they can work that out. Um, Frank, meanwhile, asks Dutton about the massacre at the park that day, and basically Dutton's like, "Well, it was a drug it was a drug deal that I put together that went south, but it was actually because it was a sting." Uh, and he mentions that the feds had infiltrated one of the gangs. He's not sure which one though, and basically they were after the man in charge who had a line on pure heroin and this guy was known as the blacksmith but he didn't he didn't actually show up that day so somebody ended up starting shooting and that's how that's how the uh the whole massacre happened um Dutton does mention that there was like a hundred bangers there that day like a hundred uh, gang members of the three different gangs so the uh, frank's crusade will never end and Frank's like, well, yeah, maybe not. So he kills. He then kills Dutton, stabs him and stabs him in the belly. Well, 
he stabs well he doesn't actually kill him he stabs Dunn in the belly and is like and then makes the leave uh, the guards however don't open the door instead they open the other prisoners cells and walk away and we see Kingpin on a kind of gantry up above thanking Frank and then walking away and we then get an awesome awesome fight brutal <laughs> Brittle, right? I, I mean, this it was like I just couldn't believe the veracity, the ferocity of uh, this uh, battle. I mean, it was gore. It was it was nasty. It was disturbing. Yep, uh, it's the I, I refer to it as the jail cell corridor fight. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the I mean the way this kind of works is like. The guys come out of their cell, they find that Dutton's dead, and then they see Frank at the end of the hall, covered in blood, and they're like, oh, this guy has just stabbed Dutton, we need to get him. And then Frank is like, okay, I guess I'll fight them, and just like absolutely tanks it at them, and uh, the fight is just so brutal, and it, it kind of reminded me, I don't know, of like, like animals fighting, because it's yeah. very like animalistic, I mean, he's fighting for his life at this point, basically, because... All these guys are—they are in their like own like bunk bed, basically. So they've got shivs and bats and like uh, pointy some type sticks. Of hammer <laughs> tomahawk thing that some yeah. <laughs> uh, it was—I mean, I w- it was visceral, it was violent, it was gory, and it had me right at the edge of my seat with where I couldn't take my eyes off the television set. Yeah, I mean. These guys, I mean, these guys are no slouches either. Like, no. they are given as good as they got until Punisher disarms them and kills them all, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, it was absolutely brutal. I mean, it's what, like, 10, guy, 10 guys maybe against one? 10, tw- I thought it was closer to 20, but all right. It, it, it may have been, yeah, somewhere between between that anyway. Um, and, yeah, he manages to take every single one of them out, and he's just, like, you see him at the end just, like, lying in a pool of blood and surrounded by a pile of bodies, like, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Everyone's dead. Okay. And then the police uh, what, drum corps comes in. <laughs> yeah, the, the riot cops come in and tapping tapping their batons on their shield. Yeah, and these riot cops kind of drag him away. Uh, meanwhile, Daredevil infiltrates this place, the farm. Uh, he asks one of the the guys that are there what they're growing, and he's like, he kind of laughs at him, and he's like, well. You're not the only devil that will walk these streets. Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, he mentions that the rising is in the basement, and uh, Daredevil kind of listens to other sounds that are going on in the building, and he hears bubbling blood in the uh, in the basement, which is a bit weird. <laughs> now, the uh, over at the bulletin, the editor gives Karen Ben's old office, and we see the uh, he's still got. The office has not changed at all since Ben left. So, I mean, we're talking probably a couple of months after, like, Ben's death at this point. Mm-hmm. This is Ben Urich, obviously, for anybody that doesn't remember, he was killed by Kingpin last season. Uh, he was the reporter at the Bulletin who basically exposed Fisk. Now, his office has not been changed at all. <laughs> like, no one's taken over it, no one's cleared it out or anything. It's still sitting there the exact same. Which is a bit odd because you would think that that space they could they could have put someone else in it, but mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> they've obviously they've been saving it for Karen. <laughs> now, I wanted to point out, like, there's still the articles are up on the wall. Uh, they've still got the article up for the Battle of New York, as well as the Harlem Terror article. Now, the Harlem Terror thing is relating to the final battle from the Incredible Hulk movie, which was Hulk versus Abomination, which took place in Harlem. And I'd forgotten about this until I watched this episode and read that article earlier that was talking about Abomination fighting in Harlem. Mm -hmm. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because Luke Cage is also set in Harlem. So I would think that we'll get some kind of callbacks to that. Not No characters and stuff like that, I wouldn't think. But you will see maybe the cleanup of some of the damage that happened back then or like reference to that having ha having happened. Because, I mean, they're referencing it in this article here. But if we're actually in Harlem, there'll probably be some character who will mention it at some point, which I think will be cool. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that would work. I mean, it would be really cool to see the Abomination show up in uh, in Luke Cage, but <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that would, that would be a cool battle. Whether or not it would ever happen, who knows? I can't I can't see that happening. I mean, yeah. he's up in Alaska last we heard of him, but mm -hmm. but I think like there will be reference to that somewhere. All right. That would be cool. So keep keep an eye out for Easter eggs and Luke Cage for with regards to that. Um, okay, so uh, Karen then sees that Ben had a folder on her about her past, and I can't remember if we saw this in in season one, but we knew that he he kind of knew a bit about her past. Um, so I did have a good look into this and like paused it uh, when she opened the folder to mm. see what it was, and basically, uh, there's the only article you can really read in it is uh, an article about a teen dying in a mystery accident. So it was 16-year-old teenager Kevin Paxton Page who died when he veered off the roadway and has crashed his car into an embankment. So this, we can presume, was her brother, I would assume. Right. And now, with, with the hints of like her like slightly dodgy pass and stuff like that we might be able to put like one and one together and make two and think that maybe she was actually in the car at the time of the accident and she somehow caused this accident and her reaction to it is like is like quite she's quite shocked and she is like upset that uh the editor and obviously ben as well knew about this however the editor does say that ben knew about it and he didn't care and the editor doesn't care either I don't need to fucking find out this guy's name, though, but... Uh, the other... So, that's kind of, like, an interesting little bit of tip bit about Karen's past, and we'll probably get to find out more about that going forward. Not necessarily in this season, but as the as Daredevil progresses. Now, the other the other thing that I thought was quite interesting is, like, the article was written by uh, Tiana Lazowskis. I'm like, oh, who's this? This must be a, a character, or like, a, a writer from Marvel Comics... Or like a character from the the bulletin or the bugle or somewhere. And I looked up and I'm like, oh, it's just it's a member of the art department on season two of Daredevil. <laughs> so basically, she wrote the article and then couldn't be bothered to come up with a name for it. So I was like, well, I just I put my own name in there. No one will notice. <laughs> hey, everybody wants to put their you know get their uh, you know have their own little Easter egg. 
I, I would do it. Like, I'd put myself in it. Sure, why not? <laughs> if I'd written the article, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so it, I would say that Karen had something to do with the death of her, her brother. Like, she was involved in this mystery accident somehow. Uh, the editor then tells her, basically, this is your new office, get to work. Uh, back in the prison, Kingpin, once again, meets with the Punisher. <laughs> and he's he's kind of disappointed that the Punisher is not dead because he wanted the, the Punisher look closed. Like, he wanted Punisher to take out Dutton and then be taken out. And then, no worries. That's all done, dusted, and sewed up in a nice little bun. But obviously that didn't happen because Punisher like, killed everyone because <laughs> he's a badass. Uh Kingpin also says that he he didn't believe the stories that he he read in the papers about the Punisher. He didn't think there was any way that one man could do all the things that uh, the papers were said said that he was doing. Basically, he thought that the papers were embellishing these stories about just to get like clicks and uh, to sell papers. But now that Kingpin's seen it with his own eyes, he believes all of it. And really, uh, an asset like this shouldn't be let go. <laughs> Uh, we we then see a little bit of a fight between the Punisher and the Kingpin, which is which is pretty cool because Punisher is obviously pissed off with Kingpin for trying to kill him, and Punisher at this point should be noted is like handcuffed, but he still <laughs> like goes for it and headbutts Kingpin, and Kingpin kind of kind of beats him down a bit, and he does a Kingpin smash on him like a Hulk smash, which is funny. And we like we see that Kingpin. Kingpin's a good fighter. Like, I mean, you kind of forget that because he's like a he's kind of fat, but he, he's still a he's a beast of a fighter. Yes. Even would... against the Punisher, who we just saw take down like what, like mm-hmm. <laughs> fifteen guys. <laughs> but yeah, Kingpin then sets him free, and basically he says to uh, he says to the Punisher, just go out there and do what you do. And obviously this benefits Kingpin because this will keep his enemies down until he gets out of jail and it means that no one will come to like too much power. Uh, basically he's playing the long game. Uh, Punisher's like, well, okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's what I'd do, so I'll go and do it. Like, it's not because of you or anything, but it's just what he does for his family. Now, um, Punisher does, however, say to him that next time he sees him, only one of us walks away. Uh, okay, so we then see Daredevil heading to the basement of the farm, and he finds a bunch of people in cages having their blood drained into a big vat, which is then in turn being sucked into a big black coffin-looking thing. <laughs> which is a bit weird. But yeah, okay. this is kind of what's going on here. Yeah, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Uh, Daredevil and the accountant guy Stan uh, free the captives. However, whilst they're doing this, uh, a hand ninja attacks. Um, we'll talk about who. We'll talk about that in just a wee second. But we uh, we also see a scene where Dutton is not dead yet. Um, Punisher stabbing him in the belly has only mortally wounded him, and Kingpin's going to sit with him and eat his dinner and basically watch him die because. He's a kingpin, and he's in jail, and like, yeah, what, what else have you got to He's just a fucked up dude. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing good in the TV, he doesn't have the facilities to make an omelette, so fuck it, yeah, I'll just watch this man die. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he does say as well, in prison, there's only room for one kingpin. And this is obviously like him referring to himself as the kingpin for the first time, which is, which is quite cool. Uh, we, also, we then see Frank escaping, disguised as a riot cop, and uh, getting driven away by one of Kingpin's guys in a limo, basically. So, uh, Daredevil, then back at the farm, uh, fights this hand ninja guy, who we see has a knife on a chain. And this guy is a, pre- he's a pretty good fighter. Like, this guy's a badass. For I mean, we've seen Daredevil fight quite a few of the kind of hand guys now, and he's been able to go mostly toe-to-toe with them. But him against this one guy, like, this guy is pretty much tanking Daredevil. Like, Daredevil's not getting a, any, many good hits in on this guy at all. So, this guy kind of uh, knocks Daredevil down, um, and he then puts the casket thing into a lift mm-hmm. and heads down. And he reveals that, what the fuck? It's Nobu. It's Nobu who... <laughs> Daredevil goes, what? You're dead. And he just turns around and looks at him and goes, there is no such thing. And we see like he's got like scars on his face from mm-hmm. where he was burned. Because if you remember, yep. Daredevil set him on fire. fire. And yep. if, you, if you remember, Chip, you kept saying this season, and when I said, Daredevil doesn't kill, you're like, but he killed this one guy. He set him on fire. <laughs> but technically, now that this guy's back alive, he didn't kill anyone. So Daredevil doesn't kill. <laughs> So yeah, he's back somehow from the dead. <laughs> well, I mean, Stick told us the fairy tale about the hand. Mm-hmm. Daredevil yep. just didn't believe it. Yep, and now he kind of has to believe it because like, he saw this guy die and he's back. So yeah, Nobu's back. And that was the end of that episode. Okay, so... I've been doing a little uh, research here, Andy, mm-hmm. and the name of uh, Karen's editor and Ben's editor okay. is Mitchell Ellison. Mitchell Ellison, right. Okay. <laughs> we'll never remember that. Nope. <laughs> it's such a generic name that we can never remember it. <laughs> but yes, he, he, uh, he, that's the name of the editor. Okay. It took a little um, digging to find it. <laughs> It's because like nobody like talks to him by his name, like in this whole episode, like Karen never mentioned his name at all, and like obviously he doesn't mention his own name, and he didn't speak to anyone else in the sh- in the episode. So, if it was mentioned, it was mentioned very briefly along uh, one of the, uh, you know, in probably in season one, and maybe mm. Ben Urich referred to him as Ellison. But I bet mm-hmm. if we watched, uh, looked a little bit closer, maybe we would have seen a nameplate on a desk or a door. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so what did you what do you think of this episode overall? I had a lot of problems with it because both times I watched it, I actually fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but one, both times I was absolutely exhausted. Um, but. Uh, there was a lot to like. I love how we found out what happened to the Kingpin after mm-hmm. last season. Um, what he's been up to. Uh, setting up some interesting things going forward. Uh, oh, the, did you... Me- I don't think you mentioned the Punisher at the end of the episode walks out. Yeah, I did, yeah. Did because he, he, he escapes disguised as a riot cop and yep. 
Okay. He gets in the car and drives away. A car provided, I guess, by the kingpin. Um, But, uh, so there... From a Daredevil perspective, I, I kind of like this because it was not a Daredevil-centric episode. Nope. Um, this was this was the backdoor pilot to the Punisher series. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what this was. And I was I was watching that fight, and I was absolutely blown away by it. And then um, all I could think is. Wow, what an awesome series this is going to be. <laughs> I can't wait for the Punisher series. Fuck fuck Luke Cage. Fuck the Defenders. I just want to see the Punisher. Yeah, I mean I it's one of the one of the cool things. Like the Punisher's not a hero at all. Like he is one hundred percent like an anti hero. He does kill he, He's a fucking animal. It, yeah, it is bad guys he goes after, but he kills them. And in brutal ways. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this isn't, uh, this is, you know, it's beyond justice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, specifically in this one, he is fighting for his life. Yeah, like, he, true. So you, you can kind of get him away with it a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, he's done, like, bad, really bad shit. Outside he, of had a, he had a freezer full of dudes on meat hooks. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Which he didn't need to do. He could have just capped them and then be done with it. But no, he strung them up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he's not only. I mean, he's a sick dude. He's, he's punishing them for their crimes, and like some crimes are worse than others. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I was. Uh, I, I this was probably one of my favorite fight scenes in the series in a series that has had some awesome fight scenes. Um, I I like the fact that it kind of disturbed me with the ferocity uh, of it. Um, it was a good story. It was a different story. We didn't have to deal with the court bullshit. Um, <laughs> I like the court. I like the court. Oh, I, <laughs> I, 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 that just. I don't know. I did not like the court stuff. Um, it's it's setting up the end game. Hmm. All the pieces are in place. All the pe- all the people are where they need to be, and uh, y- you know uh, I'm I can't wait to see uh, what happens with the hand and Nobu. And where does this lead? And does it lead anywhere? Or is it left dangling out there for what I still believe will be the Defenders uh, Shadowlands series? Yep. Can't see. I know. Um, <laughs> Obviously, uh, the Punisher is now like going looking for this guy, the uh, the blacksmith. Right. He's got... A, and whether or not... And, and I know you can't say. Have we seen the end? Where where do we go with the series now? Are are uh, and these are the questions I'm asking myself right now. Yep. Um, has Ele- have we seen the last of Electra this season? Probably not. Um, have we seen the last of the Punisher? Maybe. 
I mean, because they're spinning him off. This is a great way to lead, you know, he doesn't have to come back into the fight at this point. He's off on his own. He's, you know, on his mission. And this is where uh, their paths go in separate directions. And that's fine. That's the way the, that's the, way the universe should work. Every yep. once in a while, paths cross. Uh, uh, people uh, appear at each other's shows. And then, uh, th- and then they move on in separate directions. And that would be, that would be the perfect thing to do here you've shown us the punisher you've more or less given us his origin and you've set him up to spin off on his own series he honestly they should drop him at this point and let let uh whatever goes on happen in his series um i doubt they'll do that but that that would be my wish at this point. Um, Electra, I love Electra. I think uh, they they've done a decent portrayal of her in in this series. It's still not my Electra, but good enough. Um, I know she's she's got to be back still for. I mean, she is uh, intricately t- tied into the hand storyline, um, so I would expect she will be back. And then uh, Matt's in a very difficult place right now. Mm. Yep. And seeing where he ends up in the fate of Nelson Murdoch, the fate of him and Karen, the fate of him and Foggy is all things that uh, I'll be uh, looking forward to in the in was it the last four or five episodes. Hmm. Now, uh, one one question I had for you. Um see remember how uh the accountant guy his son his name is Daniel. Okay. When this when this happened, I thought this was going to be Daniel oh, Rand. Daniel Rand. And, and like when I first watched this, I was like, "Oh, that must be him." Who have they cast? And I'm like, pausing it and looking up because it was. I think this uh, came out before they announced the casting for that, and like you couldn't really see the guy because he was just like some skinny guy, like who was all kind of shriveled up because they've been draining his blood for so long. But it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same guy. I'll just say that now. I think <laughs> it could have been a cool way to introduce him, to be fair. But it's it's not the same person. Lucas Elliot Elber or something like that? Is that him? Daniel Gibson? Uh, it, it could be. Uh, I can't remember his name, but... Yeah, because the, his, the dad, his dad would be Stan Gibson. Yeah, yeah. So. That, 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 that would have been perfect, Andy. I agree with you. Yep. A little convenient, but okay. I, uh, I could have worked with it. Because, I mean, it ties him all into the mystical stuff because, like, he's with the hand and, like, mm-hmm. at this point, he could have then gone away to recover and then mm-hmm. come back in his own series mm-hmm. and, and you've got him introduced and you've got an explained absence for him, for one, and then he's obviously had to go away and he's been training up at Kunlun or whatever to uh, recover his strength and then he's ended up involved in all the mystical stuff and become the Iron Fist. So, 
Like, it would have been perfect, but they, they decided not to go down that route. It might have been originally written that this would be how they would do it, and then they changed their plans down the line, but maybe not. But that's how I would have done it if it was me, because I, like I like to connect the dots. <laughs> we know you like to connect the dots, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the only way I can draw a picture. <laughs> Hmm. I, I, I do like that theory. It's a little tinfoil hat for me, but I do like it. And I think they should have I, I I think that would have I think that would have been perfect. Yep. Now um and especially because they like Mike Coulter did say before they had uh they had announced Iron Fist casting that the actor that played Iron Fist was locked was, in a basement. Was already cast, and yeah, he was locked in a basement. So I was like, must be this. But yeah, it's not. <laughs> hmm. um, but overall, like, I, I really liked this episode. It was cool to see, like, the kingpin, like, rising to power within the prison and stuff like that, and, like, his arc. Because, like, the previous episode was like, holy shit, kingpin's back. I didn't expect to see kingpin at all this season, maybe like a teaser in the final like bit that he was still kicking about. But like to see him come back and like actually be a, a player in in the universe, certainly in the in the present at least, was very, very cool for me. Um and that that fucking fight scene like, oh my god. <laughs> Plus you've got Nobu back. Not dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um no, I'm just that if they had used the guy who played his son, the the actor's thirty years old, mm. maybe a little on the older side for Iron Fist, but it would have worked. So. Well, I'm sure the I'm sure the actor that is playing Iron Fist is about that as well. Yeah, I would I would say you're probably right. I, I forget the guy's name, but that's the show that of the Netflix ones that I'm most worried about. Really. Yeah, <laughs> like Luke Cage, like I was always on board to that, and like Punisher, always on board to that. Daredevil, yep. Even like Jessica Jones, it's kind of an interesting story to tell, especially because they went like the Purple Man route. But like Iron Fist is just a weird one, especially like I wasn't keen on that casting. Still think they should have cast Justin Hartley. But we'll see. They haven't they haven't gone wrong as of yet, so. Yeah. But yeah, right. good episode. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. Yep, definitely. All right. Uh, I don't think we have any new tweets since uh, Sunday or Monday, but I'll look just for grins since it's working tonight. <laughs> I don't think that's. Oh, that's why. There we go. Uh, oh, uh, James Warren put in the link to the story you talked about um, regarding Netflix shooting four secret pilots, including White mm. Tiger. Yeah, I think we spoke about that like, on the, the last episode. Uh, right. Yes, we definitely did. Yeah, yeah. And Mike... Couple, yeah, a couple of these, I guess, are new. Um, they're probably not coming up as new because you probably looked at them. 
<laughs> quite possibly. We, since know. we shared the shared the account, uh, there is zero percent chance that Chip got to the end of episode, uh, the end of Daredevil. Yeah, Chip got to the end of Daredevil season two, episode eight, and immediately watch episode nine. <laughs> this was episode nine, right? Yeah, this was episode nine. That's why I did watch these two back to back. I passed out during episode nine the first time through. <laughs> I honestly, I, honestly, I did not see the fight scene the first time through. Which, uh, oh, the the, the, the Punisher the, fight the scene. Punisher I mean, <laughs> it was. When did we watch these? Um, it was last weekend. We, I think we watched them on a Saturday night. We had been out doing something all day. We came home. We had dinner. So I'm fat. I'm happy. I'm sleep. Uh, I'm on the comfy couch. We watched episode eight. I we definitely we definitely started episode nine, and I probably got through the first twenty minutes and then woke up on the couch three hours later. <laughs> My wife had already gone to bed. Um, so yeah. Um, so yes, I did do that, but yes, I did pass out. And and I definitely watched them back to back, like when uh, when I watched them the first time, not this time. Cause I know I know what happens, but <laughs> oh, it was such a it was so cool. You're just like and having to wait a week for that would have been so annoying. Because like holy shit, how's this happened? How is how is the kingpin done this? And they told us in like the exact next episode. Yep, which was cool. And I, th yeah, and like the only thing that might have, uh, well, the only reason I probably wouldn't have was because, like I said, it had already been spoiled for me. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, still, you I, you had to watch them back to back. Mm, I agree definitely. with that. So. All right, that's it for tweets, Andy. I think we are out of here. Yes. Andy, when you're not shiving guys in prison, where can people find you? Trying to find, you can find me trying to shove Ali every Tuesday at 4.30 Eastern, one thirty Pacific, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. Still never succeeded. You can't <laughs> shove someone through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talk about uh, movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. And uh, you can find all our episodes on Stitcher iTunes as well as allgames.com. I can be found every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, on allgames.com on the B-Team podcast with my co-host Ryan, Fred, and Eli, where we talk games, tech, some television and movies. We talked a lot about uh, the Kansas City Comic Con this last weekend. I'm actually going to Terrific Con this Saturday okay. here in Connecticut. Um I know Papa Flash is there. I really do. I really haven't looked at the celebrity list, but if there's any Marvel guys there, I will definitely try and uh, see if I can convince them to come on an episode of our show. And then I'm also going to be trying to get uh, book some celebrities for the other show that I am doing now. As we announced on the show we did Monday, I have joined the cast of Knuckleballer Radio, which you can hear on allgames.com every Thursday, 9 p.m., where you never know what the show is going to be about. This week we talked cars, we talked creepy Walmart uh, people and checkout uh, p 
people. And uh, I think this week we're going to do a little bit more on Suicide Squad. But check it out. I like to say it's it's like Seinfeld, but we're actually funny. So <laughs> check it out. Allgames.com, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's on Stitcher and iTunes and everything else as well. Um <laughs> want to thank everybody for downloading and streaming this episode please if you get a chance go over to itunes leave us a review we will read them on the air good bad or indifferent and i uh, just want to say remember we're all just one bad day away from being a punisher see you next week guys